just press record, Joe. Hi, John. But I didn't say hi. I just said I've just pressed record. Yeah, and I was, but it was but a weird response. Is the volume? I mean, I mean, hi. Is the volume high? Will we be recorded? It out usually adequately? is when you're doing some Very of good. your uh, that, that, monologuing, riffing. I think you'll find it's called. Well, that's one word for it. I used to go to school with a boy who called it rifting. He didn't understand. <laughs> Listen to this amazing guitar rift. He used to say. I found out the other day that the thing they're saying in um, Pop Will Eat Itself, Can You Dig It? When they go, Riff, can you dig it? Yeah. They're saying Riff. As in, enjoy I this. It's like Reach or something, but Riff, enjoy this can hot, you dig it? Enjoy this hot lick, man. Yeah. By Ronnie Wood. <laughs> I don't want a stained campaign of Ronnie Wood's hot licks. That's just horrifying. All three of them? Yeah. <laughs> How many do you need? Hey. He's, he's, he's got two sides to his, his tongue and then there's a spare. One for Sunday best. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all you need to know. If you're in the Stones, that's probably too, too many. how you actually were Irish in spite of all the evidence to yeah, the contrary yeah. we'll see Joe how yeah. Irish I am when I descend over the border uh-huh. into Dublin this this coming weekend you are the invading hordes uh, and I'm roundly mocked by everybody because uh, the English are a laughing stock now yeah, yeah. they were hated before now they're pitied to be honest, yeah I think the Irish have been on to the English for a while I don't think it's a sudden revelation yeah, but for different things Joe maybe a misunderstanding in nuance there like I say, well, I'm, before, I'm not English. Nuance quite rightly yeah. hated us. Now, laugh in our faces for our foolishness. Yeah, and yeah, I, I was going to say piteous, but I don't think there's any. Pity I don't there. think so. No, no, I think it's, it's a kick in the ribs I think when it's we're down. What's known as Schadenfreude, yeah, as yeah, the Irish yeah. would it's say. A, it's a lovely Irish word. Yeah, yeah. delightful. The father of silver Schadenfreude. Delightful. Oh. That's Brussels approved Schadenfreude. <laughs> You can't get it here anymore. I don't think you'll be hated down south, John. Your, your warm brown voice will be appreciated because you're doing a reading, isn't no, that right? I'm doing a reading. You're flaunting your Englishness. Yes, yes, yes. In the heart of the EU. Very much <laughs> with my Brexit-flavoured novel is getting an airing. Um, but uh, don't worry, he's a lovable loser, the character from the book. I thought you were talking about me. <clears throat> well, are you coming, Joe? I'm still um, deliberating on so that. So that's no, then. No, I, I hear there's a bed I, I'm prevaricating hard. Or a pavement available for I me. I believe there's certainly a pavement. They, they can't over. take that away from you. So, John, I am tempted. I did go look before, and it was a, a wonderful road trip. Well, yeah. Full of canned gin and... <laughs> and canned laughter. <laughs> well, um, candelabra. Uh, but, uh, you, you, so, hang on, why are you hedging your bets this time? Surely it's going to be uh, even better this time Because around. I don't like... To commit to I don't anything, like but, you. But I wasn't going to go down that particular Or anything direction. you say. Or that, that's the subtext, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. I don't like committing 100% to anything. It's just a bit of a flipper so, so no I like one, to So no one can plan anything when you're around. Yeah, I like to maintain my 100% flipperty jibberedness. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I like to come in, bowl in, yeah. if you will, ruin everyone's plans. Yeah. And, uh, yeah Let's just say I might see you on the bus. Well, you won't. I'll be getting the train down because I'm a classy guy. Okay, so I'm travelling with the lower orders on the, on the rowdy alcohol. Don't turn this into the Titanic, Joe. I'm not Billy Zane. Yeah, and I'm not your faithful retainer. Passport 2, 
getting the number 10 coach down the road with uh, a, a creative heart pass, passports numb a creative heart and a lifetime of resentment for his masters <laughs> um, played by Bourneville as I recall <laughs> it was played by what, oh, was the that? what was that yeah what was that thing about um, continental actors used to be just named played by Bourneville Canton class was his name Bourneville I think it was called Bourneville he sure wasn't something unless I'm thinking of Canton Flass who is that? maybe they're the same guy maybe he's playing Bourneville no he's playing Passport 2 wasn't he there's too many layers going on here. he's playing Passport 2 to, um, David, David Nivens my, my European tongue um, yeah David Phileas Fogg Phileas, Phileas Fogg, Fogg. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a talking lion uh, uh, um Pop culture gets in the way yet again. Eighty days around the world. So he was like a, a fairly robust Gallic chap. He yeah. liked the buffoon a lot. Yeah. In many ways, he reminded me. Oh, of like, hang on! Is Bourneville the guy then from the million, uh, the million pound note? Not seventy percent cuckoo. Uh, 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 well, I've not, I've not. You know, you know my old mate, seventy percent cuckoo. Those, those, sh- <laughs> the shipping ports did wash up the occasional. I'll not get into that. Um, I don't think he was called. We haven't, we haven't introduced this, by the way. He did have a one word, but we're using ourselves in. It's been a while. Uh, well, we've actually missed one. Keep them talking, John. Well, there's, I there's, there's, there's one ones. in the can, Joe. There is actually. Um, we well, did one on. Um, I hope it's in the can because I've deleted we did, it. So we, we did yeah. one on Portmanteau. Uh, yeah. And all that they represent. And uh, after listening to it, I wasn't sure that uh, I knew what they represented. <laughs> See, I don't know. The, the was, weird thing is, I went in knowing what they represented you did. And, and came away knowing. So I mean, I knew what it was, but, I, but then I started querying the pitch. It with never really fogged over for me. The ideas of uh, episodic portions of the same movie being Romanto, yeah. and you were like the theatre blood. Yeah, you that, were poo-pooing that. Clear, clearly not. And we were sinking into this drunken miasma of waffly disagreements. I think I was sober on that occasion as well. Stone cold. Stone cold. Yeah, I'm not sure. But it uh, is cold out here, Joe. Maybe we'll release it as a bonus Christmas track. Cold and dry. What do you think? Um, I haven't had a drink in over a month now. Yes, John. I was going to ask you about that. So, John, I hear you haven't been drinking. Thanks for asking me about that. Um, How's that? No, I heard? haven't been drinking. Congratulations. John. It's, it's not something to be congratulated about, is it? If we were like a webisode, you would see that John has a nice pot of tea, uh, which he's currently enjoying yeah. from some nice uh, China there. And I've got a six-pack of Rockshore Irish <laughs> Lager. Because I'm nothing if not patriotic. Uh, yeah. It's just um, like juxtaposed going on here, isn't there? It's not pleasant being sober all the time, but it's not that bad either. I did ask you before I arrived, would you be upset to see me drinking beer during this podcast? I've, I've suffered worse than this. You were very magnanimous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it would be a bit weird if I suddenly started suggesting that nobody could drink near me. But having spent the last 25 years or so drinking horribly in front of everybody if I see you starting to lick your dry cracked lips with a bead of sweat running down your forehead halfway through um, we'll, we'll stop the recording we'll take time out pour you another cup of tea then we'll go back to it okay well it's not going to happen I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well so how have you been John you've stopped drinking thinner yep. happier nope nope one of those things <laughs> that is one of those things um, I've been doing a lot of walking yeah exercising myself because Joe I don't know about you but I'm a man in his late moving into late 40s now not even mid I'm, I'm stretching towards 50 um, and it's about time reluctantly shuffling I, towards 50 I, I would say it's about time I took a look at myself and the way I live yeah. my life and turn things around flip reverse it it's not like... my words the words of Blazing <laughs> Squad um, may they rest in pieces may they rest in pieces 
Um, no, so that's what I'm doing. When you're taking a look at yourself, was it like a? Well, it wasn't pleasant. Was it a temporary squint or a long hard gaze? It was like Lucian Freud was loose upon my body. Good grief! Yeah, no, it was forensic and exacting. Yeah, only in three D. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't, you don't want that. Imagine those canvases. Lee Bowery lying there with his, his lad waving at you in three D. Come on, yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, by his lad, you mean his penis? Yeah, I, just to clear that up for, for non-Irish viewers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they would get what that was. Yeah, but lad could also there's be. No, there's no hashtag you fake know, here, a, Joe. A young man of his acquaintance. Well, that would give a shiny <laughs> sixpence. Then was way. Excuse me, Mister Bowery, can I have some money for sherbet dabs? Go on, be, get out of it, you wee scamp. It won't be sherbet dabs. I shall require. I think it was a recompense in return. Oh dear. Well, you know that turned on a knife edge. You turned that beautiful moment into something hideous. A lovely moment of Lee Bowery giving a Victorian <laughs> urchin the sixpence for, yeah, for sherbet dogs. I just send him it. He's got yeah, those yeah. soot-stained cheeks, yeah, yeah. raked with tears. Uh, yeah. And Lee Bowery showed him a kindness. This, this kind of... And a penis. Yeah, yeah, this kind of goatish, pre-opic, <sighs> middle-aged... He looks like Boy uh, George. Alastair Crowley. <laughs> um, especially with his lad out there. Um, anyway, what are we talking about? That? Again, as loud as his penis. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I took a long, hard look at myself in the mirror. Right. Like you know, Dorian Gray would have done, um, and thought, right, it's going to stop. I want my cheekbones back. Yeah. You know, while the rest of Britain was saying we want our sovereignty, I can't say that word. Uh, we want our country back. Sovereignty. I was, I was looking for my cheekbones. And possibly getting into some nice trousers. We all have to have our personal quests in life, don't we? You know? Yeah. For some, it is taking back control. What is your personal quest in life, Joe? Uh, my personal quest in life is to discover what my personal quest in life is. And what have you discovered? I still haven't found what I'm looking for, John. All right. It's so you're saying that Bono was all over this years and years ago. In many ways, in fact, in only one way, he was a trailblazer. He's a, he's a visionary. <laughs> he really is. He's Bono, a searcher. Our old mate, Bono Vox. Bono, if you're listening... <laughs> Don't call again, mate. Oh, I'm like, John's coming over the border, Bono. Get ready. <laughs> Brace yourself and your million-dollar hotel. The lads will be the fully kitted out with their knuckle dusters. And this, their, on this and their occasion, the lads doesn't mean penis. <laughs> well, or doesn't it? We're well, talking about you two. Yeah, who knows? The lads, or indeed the penises, are <clears> you two. <throat> well, which I believe have been busy. So you two... Over the years. You two is a very lazy and not entirely correct seg into what we're talking about tonight. I'll be. This will be interesting. Yeah, but I don't know what you're going to yeah, say. You two are a band that have been around since the late seventies, but they did have a rebirth, a commercial and creative rebirth during the noughties. Yes, the noughties. We're talking about the decades that time forgot and history, apparently. But but are we talking about the noughties? Or are we talking about the the twenty tens? Ah. We're talking about the 2010s. Because we did have a This is hilarious. We literally had this conversation. We had a conversation about this. But because of my ADHD, right. I just fixated on the fact that it was the noughties, even though John expressly said, why would we do the noughties when we've just come out of the decade that we're about to talk about? So I've been preparing for the noughties. I had a, some great, <laughs> I had some great <laughs> material on the strokes, the gentrification of pop and rock, yeah. the paucity of, of cinema. Turns out that's all useless now. Well, maybe you can talk about your things and I'll talk yeah. about the stuff we were supposed to be talking about. I'll just about. keep chuntering on about my stuff until somehow it's relevant. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was going to talk about the, the end of history, uh, the, you know, the poisonous effect of postmodernism across culture. But all that's irrelevant because we've come, we've come away from that almost. We're in a very I mean, we, we literally had a conversation about this 
where you said, well, I thought I'd do all this. And you yeah. we go, well, we've just come out of that last decade. Yeah. Let's talk about the decade we've just left, because that's the one we've just left. But did you have a reason, Ibra, when they said, oh, Kid A is a pivotal album for the noughties? Because it came out in 2000, and it, it seemed to represent well, the, the sea change. Music since about 19, about, well, about 1995, really, has just sandwiched into one lump of yeah. shit. So I, I, I don't know the dates of anything. Now. I've actually had to write things down, yeah. because I no longer can navigate the world. I'm out there, I'm adrift. Right, here's the thing, right? I've done a, comp- a compilation of uh, the biggest singles of the last 10 years uh-huh. in the UK charts. Well, I'd love to hear right. those. <laughs> here's what they are, right? I have heard, I think, of one of these, right? So the biggest, here they are in order. Um, Ed Sheeran's done very well. Yeah. Ed Sheeran's done very well. As is his want. Yeah. So number one, uh, biggest UK singles of the decade, the most popular of the last 10 years, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. What was that song called? Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Shape of Ye, as his Irish ancestors might have said. Did I say ye? But he claims to be Irish himself. He probably probably adds a ye to it when he's playing locally. I imagine he does. Yeah. Uh, Number two, Uptown Funk by M. Ronson and B. Mars. Uh, I've heard that one. It's been on adverts. Yeah. Three, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Right, okay, stop right there. Uptown Funk, I know. Yeah. I don't know one single Ed Sheeran song. No. The only thing I know about Ed Sheeran is that he covered Galway Girl because it was aforementioned Irish no, roots. No, he didn't. It's a different Galway Girl. What? He, he wrote a Galway Girl of his own. Say what now? Yeah, I know, yeah. Right, okay, that's further befuddled me. It turns out I know nothing about Ed Sheeran. It's good. It's good that you don't. Four, Despacito, brackets, remix by Louis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee and Bieber. That is the fourth best-selling single... Of the, of the last decade. Imagine what, that. What about that the rapey classic by Robin, appropriately named Thick? No, it's not in the Really? Uh, number five, Perfect by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> uh, number six, One Dance by Drake, Ed. featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Uh, number seven, Happy by Pharrell Williams. You'll know that one. I know that one, yeah. That's been on adverts. It has. Uh, it went eight, viral, I believe. Yeah. All of Me by John Legend. Nine, Sorry by Justin Bieber. Two hits by Bieber. I thought he was over. The Bieber Shear and Axis. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, number ten, Rather Be by Clean Bandit. Clean Bandit? Clean Bandit had the 10th best-selling UK single of the last decade. Clean fucking Bandit. Featuring Jess Glynn. There's a lot of collaborative stuff going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, There's no... It's almost like people don't have the confidence of their own talent anymore. Only Ed can make it on his own. Hooking up. Well, Ed has the balls and the foresight. And dare I say the chops? But this is why I'm so adrift. On memory bliss. In the modern, this is why I can't. If you say something like about Kid A, I'll go, yeah, that came out in the in the past. Yeah. Is that quite recent? I don't know. I stopped buying select yeah. magazines some time ago. We've gone, now. John. We've gone from Kid A to Kids A. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's his one. That's his one for this week. Um, oh, that's good, chap. That's all he allows me. A portion yeah, yeah, yeah. one zinger a week. That's enough. You've, you've had your say. Right, I'll get my coat. Um, so, yeah, okay, well, listen, that, I can't believe you took your coat off. I'm actually quite, I'm quite pleased with myself because I recognised three artists and two songs on that list. If not, no, that's not a lie. Four songs on that list. Yeah. Did you recognise Daspacito remix Lucy by Louis Fonti, Daddy Yankee and Bieber? I'll be honest, I didn't. No, no me neither. I like the way, as Bieber's hit puberty and gone beyond it, he's lost to Justin. He's just Bieber now. I don't, he's Justin Bieber for sorry, so I don't know. 
please tell me that's a reworking of the sitcom Would not be amazing. With his own lyrics. I can't say that was a very foolish attempt, but well, we can drop that in there. So remember a couple of Christmases ago, John, you bought me a Christmas gift, and the gift that you bought me was series one of Sorry on DVD. tell me it says something in the back Timothy Lumsden is a 40 something uh, plagued by his uh, nagging mother yeah. trying to find love in a loveless world I thought, what are you uh, trying with to an tell interest me? in amateur dramatics with an interest in amateur dramatics <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an interest you were talking at length about this week Joe wasn't it uh, you were interviewed uh, by oh, yeah, uh, Gordon yes. I literally forgot about it as soon as yeah, it yeah, concluded you should um, I didn't recognise you from that uh, conversation you had there. That was an interesting process. Um, we had the interview. I was interviewed for a, a local cultural website, I suppose you, you could call it. Um, you are a generous man. But uh, I think the interviewer, lo- lovely chap, but I think he came in with a lot of preconceived notions that weren't going to be shaken by any facts that I gave him, you know, or uh, <laughs> evidence to the contrary to what was already firmly classified like in his mind. But... Hefting a bit of furniture around Yeah, him. yeah. Um, trying to shift those ideas. So I haven't actually read it yet, but you've read it on my behalf. I have, yeah. I do a lot of your reading on your behalf. Thanks very much. Yeah, crib notes for, for the man. Um, do you think I should uh, delve into it? Sure. Or just, just think I should sue. It... Um, it's an interesting read. I, I didn't recognise you for many of the responses you, you gave. Because you feel by... Kind of finger, my muddy fingerprints all over this. Not really, no. No, I could, I could sense his. Um, <laughs> I, I could sense him wielding a surgeon's blade and getting any of your yeah. self-referential stuff and your irony and all of your jokes. Yeah, they were all gone. Oh well, um, they get in the way of the of the, the, of the, of the thrust of, the of your narrative. The good yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah, the meat of it. The simple two-dimensional. You know, plodding A to B kind of. Yeah, the the human the of the human fat had been trimmed. Yeah. Um, Joe was a writer. Joe writes. Joe is mixed race. Joe has done some stuff that is on the stage. Joe talks about racism. Joe's experienced racism. Joe had a dad. Joe's dad is dead. Hang on, I have read this. <laughs> well, maybe you've just lived it, Joe. No, no, look, I don't want to say too much about it because the person in question... Why, who am I talking? Who am I kidding? He's not going to be listening to this. No. He's not going to be listening to this. He didn't even go to your play. No. He didn't, see, he didn't see the show, but then he proceeded to vociferously tell me what my show was about. <laughs> And then at the end of it, he went, haven't seen it myself. <laughs> so that was the kind of, that was the punchline. It's great performance art. Hey, maybe not... he just read my review. Well, that's all you need. That's all you need. That was, I actually happened upon that review again quite recently. It was a very generous review. I'm a nice man. For you, John. I mean, yeah. for, me, for me, all my reviews are generous. Yeah, but you know. Our... And I've seen some crap, so, you know. Yeah, but you know. To even be slightly nice is dyna- generous. Our dynamic is, uh, you know. Is that I'm nice and you're horrible. Oh, well, I, that's exactly the opposite of what I was going to say. I, I really don't see that. There's a certain performative rivalry, right? I mean, it's not, it's not real. In your mind. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's performative. I don't begrudge you. I don't begrudge you any success or recognition that might come your way good haven't got me <laughs> well hang you haven't really been over tested on that though have you uh, I, I did say something nice about your play as well and then I got a lambasting from the director of the theatre company because I wasn't very nice about the play that it was uh, 
Though I recall you insulted, yeah, you insulted the. Uh, uh, yeah, I just couldn't let it lie. The, yeah, so I couldn't use that at all. It was, it's basically. So I basically soured you, your review you, for you. you. No, you soured my yeah. relationship with him. I dropped a stink bomb in the middle of a glowing review. Brilliant, brilliant. Can't, can't just be nice. Oh, it's you know. It was joke, going so the, well. The joke with the jag. Yeah, it was going so well. Yeah, yeah. Cross that oh, what's this he's written? Oh, great. Oh well, I'll show <laughs> this to everybody then. It puts puts me in mind of uh, Royston Vesey. Uh, the, literally roast and busy. yeah you're the mayor he's opening some monument in the town and he's like whatever you do don't swear what do you think I am a kid and then he answers thanks very fucking much <laughs> it's fine a star actually yeah. but yeah it puts me in mind of that I'll always do something to soil the pristine goods that I managed to carry all the way across the, the minefield I don't know if you've uh, noticed in the review you recently read that I've written none of that takes place it's just nice yeah. So it was like going to see a friend's work and going, that was actually a sustained and nice piece of work. Yeah, he but, did very well. But I thought I was doing you an extra favour by slagging off the opposition. <laughs> but it turns out that's it's, not how it works. You know. Yeah, I know. There is an interesting conversation to be had about criticism. Your, especially your, criticism. Your, mad, your mad zero-sum world. Uh, especially criticism. <laughs> criticism in a, in a parochial society. Right. So it doesn't go down well. Well, yeah. There's only one note of criticism that goes down well, and that's glowing praise. You can have gibberish. Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as there's a line you can pull out and stick ellipses darts either side, you can just stick anything on there, it's yeah. fine. Um, I'm looking forward to the but, day when but, someone But pulls... suggesting someone should do a bit more work would never yeah. go down well. Or giving, you know, um, positive, critical, you know, yeah. advice on a show. I'm longing for the day where someone pulls out of one of my reviews, not my cup of tea, and just puts it on their poster. That would be dangerous. Well, you should... Check out Stuart Lee's website. That's the sort of thing he loves. He loves that kind of stuff. He loves it. Not my cup of tea. I'll have a wank. That's perfect for me. But I love the idea that I'm so toxic as a reviewer. My antipathy towards a show is like an endorsement almost. Well, those days are long gone, Joe. True. For both of us. We can't What's the last time you reviewed anything? Uh, I stopped reviewing stuff in, in my head and actually oof, years ago. Yeah. Although weirdly, it took me um, a long time Afterwards, I used to go to the theatre and cinema after I kind of stopped reviewing professionally. And you still have that critical faculty. It kicks in. You can't enjoy anything. You're constantly dissecting stuff, you know. It really ruined Bloody Cinderella last year at the Opera House. You can't enjoy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never enjoyed anything. Well, if you really, oh, Joe. John, if you really get down to it, have we ever really purely enjoyed anything? I enjoy things all the time. You do, actually. Yeah, I like you're, things. You're a lover of life. Yeah. Go and see Jojo Rabbit. It's really good. I'm quite agnostic don't, about life. Don't listen to the naysayers. They don't really get it. It's got a brown Hitler. What else do you want? Uh, yeah. Well, that's that. Right. It's Polynesian Jewish Hitler. Come on. Bring it on. Um, What's we're, it we're, we've we've sort of gone off topic here a bit, really. We have, but it's been delightful. Off shall, I, um, shall I give you the... Uh, I'll give you the... Uh, yeah. The biggest albums of, Before you do of that, that John, decade. Can I tell you why we've gone off topic? I'm literally stalling because I've got nothing in the tank. That's about. right, I've got loads in the tank. <laughs> so, so we'll just chat about true. Th- these albums. Let's carry on. And I've just realised this last decade's been quite momentous in a lot of respects. A lot of our idols and heroes have died. Was it 20? You mean David Bowie? Yeah, Steps Through the Veil, The Portal. Why don't you tell us what we've just found out about David Bowie's last record? Yeah, this is why it's fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> David Bowie's last album, Black Star, a, a beautiful swan song, a daring, a brave, a transcendent record. Perfect way to sign off a career and a life. And it turns out that the title track from it, 
the, the middle part of that song it's a very similar melodic structure to a Jackson 5 Christmas song yeah but not only that John what else did we discover it's got a very similar um, chord sequence and in fact vocal melody to a Bon Jovi love song yep What's a bon that Jovi, uh, ain't, this is not a love song ain't no loving you or something like that or is that Chaz and Dave actually this is not a love song sounds like piano but it uh, is definitely piano but I think it's also called that but it's literally note for notes it's vocally. extraordinary that song anymore well that's where you fail of course you can listen to that song why wouldn't you listen to that song John I'll let you into a secret I'm just saying that for a fact I knew that for a while <laughs> and I still listen to that song I listen I to just, it every day I conveniently compartmentalise that fact right. away in a recess of my mind when I'm listening to it it doesn't bother me at all but now I keep the, hearing the John no, Bon Jovi's rasping plaintive emotiveness well it just makes you feel that Bowie made much better use of that chord structure Something yeah. happened on the day it, he died. It, 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 sounds, it sounds a lot nicer when Dave does it. Um, you can't, you can't realistically Christ. also think that Dave sat down one day, day uh, and Dave, listened to the radio. Dave, to use it. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Um, and goes, that Bon Jovi song, I'll have a piece of that. I'm that's, having that. That's yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and then I'll stick a bit of Jackson 5 on the end there. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he's being his... Awesome. That was perfect. Maybe he was being his, his kind of maximum postmodern trickster. You know? Well, he does that, isn't he? He's such a you know appropriator, a magpie, if you will. Oh, he's like a Nancy. Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. In more ways. I don't invite. I borrow. Don't I, Mike? Yeah. Right. So, two thousand and ten, right to two thousand nineteen. Is that the official uh, yeah, span of the that's, decade? That's the era. I don't know. Or is it not twenty eleven? Is the first year? Whatever. Because there are some people who would tell you now, mainly annoying arseholes, that twenty twenty is not the start of the decade. I don't care about those people. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. Twenty ten. It is the last ten years or something. I don't know. So, the biggest UK albums of the decade are as follows. I hope you're listening. Do you know what I'm going to do at this part? I'm yeah. going to put in, drop in the hit parade music from Top of the Pops. Okay. What are you calling it out? That'd you ready, lovely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 top of the Pops. Sorry, that's, that's Alan Freeman. Pops, yeah. Alan Freeman, oh. Um, okay. Uh, number one, or should we go reverse order? Reverse order, yeah. Reverse order, yeah. Go on, number right, 10, I... The Greatest Showman Motion Picture Cast Recording. Bosh. Wow. Number nine, Progress by Take That. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Number eight, Our Version of Events by Emily Sandy. Beg your pardon? Our Version of Events that by sounds, Emily Sandy. That sounds like a lyrically profound what body a brilliant of brilliant title for a record. <laughs> Our yeah, Version yeah, of Events. Yeah. It's petulant also, and defensive. It's nice, to see, <laughs> it's nice to see Emily Sandy actually made a record. Uh, I thought she was just a, a sort of... Yeah. Constant irritants on every yeah. sort of BBC music programme. I thought music and art was meant to transcend the mundane. It's just the, she lives it's just the a list of It's just a list of recorded conversations yeah. with, well, a, with a beat. Not unlike this. We should put a beat behind this. We'll have a top ten uh, album. Uh, that was number eight. Number yeah. seven is just Plus by Ed Sheeran. That's all he needs. Yeah, yeah. Ed Sheeran one, Plus. One of three for Ed in this top ten. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Number six, In the Lonely Hour by Sam Smith. 
Don't know who he is. Um, so her, right, he lost a lot of weight. Good for him. That's my university challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Number five, Christmas. Michael Bublé. Literally, I haven't called Christmas. Of course, yeah. That, 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 that's all you need. <laughs> Just slap that on the fucking label. Slap that on the loop. It's Christmas with Michael Bublé. Christmas is a wonderful time of year with Michael Bublé. <laughs> I hope that's on there. Number four, Divide by Ed Sheeran. Oh, hang on. So it's this first one. Plus. Oh. Right. So hang on. So what's the next one? Hang, you'll never guess. Let, let, let me guess. See if I got it right. Is it... Uh, subtract? No. God, you could have gone the right way. You went the wrong way. Oh, fuck. It's an X, which I'm guessing is times. Then. No, it's Kiss. Or it's Kiss. You can go any way with it. But, this guy, yeah. Is this guy going through the fucking characters on a keyboard? Yeah. He's not, he's he's not, not even trying. Emily Sunday went with our version of events. Yeah. See, well, that was, went with progress. Yeah. He's I, gone, that'll do, that'll do, yeah. that'll do. Divide. Yeah, he's I, done divide. I'm going to say, take that and take on the ironic roots of playing an album, something which it almost certainly isn't. Yeah. Uh, so, at number three, it's X or Times or Kiss by Ed Sheeran. Thinking even less about her titles of albums, the top two... Are 25 by Adele, which is 25 and made it. Yeah, uh, brick. And at number one, it's 21 uh, by Adele. Because she was 20 fucking one. When she made that, yeah. I'm looking forward to Adele's Opus 40 Years Hence, 79. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, While well, I'm in the mood for this, should we do the biggest songs of the decade? Yeah. So, there? just to be clear, these are the biggest selling UK albums. Yeah. No real surprises there. Ed Sheeran really. Tell me this. This is what I was going to say about the noughties, but obviously it's redundant now. Ed Sheeran is the logical conclusion of what happened the decade before. As you say, music gets squashed and homogenised to a singularity, and that singularity was Ed fucking Sheeran. Yeah, it's interesting to think where it's going to go next. Yeah. And the, the fact that these people collaborate with each other so freely is laughable. You know, it's, it's one crushed homogeneity duetting with another crushed homogeneity to produce further crushed homogeneity. And I, I know I sound like a grumpy old man, but... Tell me it isn't so, John. Plus Bieber. I'm not going to say anything, Joe. I think you've said it all. Dignified silence. I think you've said it all. Um, it's, it is baffling music. Well, in, in many ways, it fits very neatly with my theory about why music is so terrible now. Yeah. Which is that people aren't that bothered by it. It's not that interesting anymore. Well, they're, they're, it's not an investment anymore. It's not a tribal affiliation. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been or, for a very long time. Or a rate of passage. But what it is also yeah. is it's so cheap mm. and so available. There's yeah. no effort. Uh, and also, the people who are supposed to be into music, historically, and that history goes back a very short period of time, yeah. maybe 50 years, 60 yeah. years, um, are not invested in it because yeah. their parents are still there squatting all over every fucking thing you know well yeah. their grandparents are still there squatting over everything but the, but the, the problem is those... what's the point of youthful rebellion yeah. if your dad can go oh yeah that reminds me of, of Sonic Youth in about 1983 yeah, I yeah, yeah. Them, actually you know I think for... you can't go any further out yeah. than sort of fucking Glenn Branca's hundreds of fucking nightmarish guitars coming at you yeah. so where where are you going to go you go progress by take that no you go and fuck around with your pronouns well, and make them go we well, can't even understand what you are anymore good fuck you yeah. granddad well I, I think fuck you boomer me, 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 I'll be what I say me. I am and you can't tell me what I am and that's my fucking punk rock right there very good John 
I could feel the energy. I could smell the energy. Thanks for saying very good job. <laughs> very good job. Well, you know. You've had a thought. I'm just practicing some of that English condescension. Yeah. Um, it's never going to happen, Joe. Yeah. We invented this shit. Get ready for a lot of that in Dublin, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still get the four logs of tugging. Tell, tell me that's not a euphemism. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. Right, so the biggest films of the decade. Go on. No surprises here, Joe, either. Um, number 10, Harry Potter and the Deadly Harrows. The Deadly Harrows? <laughs> um, I'll go again with that one. Number 10, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows. We'll edit that out. No, we won't. Number 9, Black Panther. Oh, very nice. Number 8, Avengers Age of Ultron. Not even the good Avengers film. Is that the last one? No. The one before, the ultimate one? No, we'll come to that one. Okay. Um, number seven, Furious 7. Now, what? I don't know what that is. Have you, have you looked into this? No, I have not bothered. Uh, the Hateful Eight? Yeah, it says Furious 7 here. Six Undergrounds? I've heard of that. I've literally written next to it, I've never heard of this film. Furious 7. This uh, and it was the, the seventh biggest film of the last decade, and I've never heard of Furious 7. Is it like one of those Michael Bay anonymous blockbusters that just sells a fuckload of tickets? Yeah, I guess and it nobody must actually be something sees like it. that. I don't know what it is. It's the Robson and Jerome of movies. Huge, but no one knows who's going to see it. Yeah, well, look that up. I'll come on to the rest of these. Go on. So, number six is just The Avengers. Just The Avengers. Then five, The Lion King, which I'm guessing is the remake. Yeah. Uh, four, Jurassic World. Right. Uh, number three, Avengers: Infinity War. Right. Number two, Star Wars: Force Awakens. Uh huh. That's the reboot. Or not the reboot. The continuation. Yeah. Of the, yeah. And number one, uh, the tip of the top is Avengers: Endgame. And that's the last Avengers film. That's the last Avengers film. It's also yeah. the biggest grossing film of all time. I I watched one Avengers film and it was so busy I actually got distressed. It's not a relaxing view. Those films in general, there's so much on the screen happening all the time that it's just pointless. It's just throwing as much spaghetti on a wall. Would, would you like you to can. go go to the seaside and just sit there looking with at a nice it. cone in yeah. my hand, yeah, yeah, with a poke yeah. in your hand, hanky on my head, just looking nothing. at the sea through the windscreen of your car, but, coming in and out. Yeah, I'm a big pastoral square. The occasional, yeah, I don't the occasional gull. I can handle in overhead. There's just too much going on and too many characters. I can handle superhero movies when there's like one super, like Black Panther, Superman, Spider-Man at a push. The fucking Avengers. They're coming up from all directions, at least Hollywood egos with their with their carefully doctored scripts and they're fighting for their one-liners and it's just uh-huh. all lost in a miasma of light and noise and bangs and, and, and occasionally the, the Hulk doing something <laughs> Hulkish. He does do Hulk things. He does yeah, do Hulk true, stuff. Yeah, it's true enough. Uh, Martin Scorsese recently said that they're not really movie making. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that per se. That no, he sounded like a prick. When it's he said a bit that. snobby. Yeah, but there's something about like it's like they have a checklist. And they have to they have to tick off everything on this checklist to make this movie work through focus groups or through whatever the franchise requires. It's movie by huge committee, and these are all very talented people. I don't doubt, but it just on the screen it just leaves me cold. I always I, want I, to like I, them. I always think that it's an extraordinary and astonishing success that they're not all terrible. Yeah. Because of because because of everything you said, there is a huge funnel of everybody pushing in in, in this oh, one yeah. direction to get this homogenized source out the other end. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're watchable, Avengers Endgame is far too long, but it actually has a yeah. proper story. And the source has to be just 
bland enough to be palatable for as many people as possible. I think it's like what you were saying. I think they're quite extreme and unusual films. Yeah. There isn't anything really like these films until this decade. This is the big success in cinema of the last decade. Yeah. And it isn't like other things in cinema. It's reinventing the idea of cinema. Um, you would expect someone like Scorsese to be not interested in it per se but at least recognise yeah. the fact that this is a new permutation so because they're hard to watch and you have to be invested in them um, and young people understand how to watch these films it's like a wall planner of years of yeah, tactical yeah, yeah. working out timelines and they're mapping an entire universe by which it's they can sell movie products of nonsense yeah, absolutely that's a, exactly it it's a cosmology of nonsense but equally, given so much weight but what's wrong with that because people are more concerned about whether Captain America will stick to his high ideals or not, or, or whether your woman will get off with your bloke, what do you call her, Scarlett Johansson and the Hulk, whatever they'll the shout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you they, have seen they, one. That's yeah, I, I, I've, I, it's unavoidable. Even if you haven't seen it, you, you've kind of seen it. And also, the peril in these films, the jeopardy is so high and also so vapid. You know, it's like, you know, what do you call the big bad in the last one? Thanos. Thanos, yeah. You know, Earth Devourer, you know, Galaxy Shatterer, but also, eh, we actually have real monsters on Earth right now, fucking us up every which way, so... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, even, I don't necessarily agree with your argument there. But I don't even think it's escapism anymore. <laughs> I don't think it's too traumatic to be escapism. I the, the last film, what was the film I went to see? God, my God of mercy in my soul. What do you call that one? Suicide Squad. That was the last superhero well, film. A, why oh, no, no. That the worst Terrible one? example, I'll grant you. And then I went to see the Justice League one. Why do you keep watching DC ones? They're terrible. <laughs> because what are you sitting here pontificating about the Marvel universe? And you keep clawing yeah, no, your way back well, to DC. But that's the that's the point. The first Avengers film discombobulated oh, me. God, it discombobulated me. There, I've said it. <laughs> the worst so then, hero film. So and then, then I, I went, saw, then I went and saw Aquaman. Yeah, and let me tell you, that was yeah. great. So. But I don't know why you would. And then I went and saw Wonder Woman. Oh. But all the while I was seething about the Marvel Universe. Even Wonder Woman wasn't great. Oh, it was pish. They can't do anything. Other pish, like. Uh, whereas, hey, go and see Thor Ragnarok. I think you really enjoy it. Actually, I have seen that and it is funny. Yeah. That's because take a white TV. Yeah. Take a print. If you see the first two Thor films, you'll realise what a fucking fantastic job he did. The first two Thor films, yeah. Thor. Oh my God. Thor, I was in agony. <laughs> It was absolutely oh, awful. I'm so morose. Christopher, uh, the ninth Doctor Who, Christopher Eccleston played the big bad in the second one, didn't he? Well, so, the, the middling bad. So, yeah, Northern Elf. Yeah. Hi, yeah. I'm elf, elf King. Well, there's two. Yorkshire Elf King, or is he Is he yeah. uh, Lancaster I, I, Elf I King? Won't, I won't go back to being <laughs> Doctor Who because it's humiliating. However, I'm all over <laughs> this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'll play... Oh, you want to dress me up as a goblin for millions of dollars? Fine, yeah, yeah fuck it. And I'll play a, a magical homeless uh, superhero in that shit TV show Heroes as well. I'll do anything but actually that, that yeah, thing yeah. you want me to do that celebrated yeah, iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. you know children's TV show so um, the Avengers films are you're right they are they, they, they're definitely the paradigm of cinema we've shifted into that but I remember the days when the Spider-Man the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies they were what the big epic blockbuster thing was all about you know Yeah. but the Avengers has taken it to such an extent I don't know, man. It's just too big for me. I'm only a small it's thing. Too, it's too operatic for you. It's not. I, I hit this. You can't. You can't. The word operatic it. is bandied about uh, way too much. It's the first time I've ever used it. It's operatic more than more than operatic, if you ask me. You might want to explain it. Well, you know, it's, a, it's that kind of. Are you yeah. doing like an Oprah joke? He's so, so he really has researched too. Television catharsis, you know. 
the thing about these films I, is, I think he just hedged that in there and then of course it is made that up on the because he, you had no, but each film, it. you don't go to watch that film. While you're in that film, you're already anticipating what's coming next and when's the next film coming out? What's the next hero to get a standalone movie? So the film is a constant mm. roll and boil. There's no real time no, to I, stand. I, 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 That's I, what I, I think. I have to slightly disagree with you there. But you are right to the extent that, you know, you do have to think, well, where's this going to lead at the end of this film? Yeah. Where's it going to go? But the James Bond franchise has been doing that forever and ever. Oh, That's always been so. And Star Wars. And all of those Yeah, yeah. And with diminishing lead returns. On, lead on. Well, obviously. But not in the Marvel Universe. Sometimes they peak. Te- 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 yeah. Sometimes they peak and sometimes they but drop. It, but it's, it's very telling that the sting at the end of the credits is the thing now in these movies. Yeah. Next. It's like, next. What's coming next? But they invented know? that as well. That's a really good idea for advertising. But yeah. I used to think it was exciting in the James Bond movies. James Bond will return. Will return uh, in some. And then there was one where he didn't return in that film. What was that film? Can you remember which film where it it, it anticipated the wrong next James Bond movie? No, really, I don't know. It was like James Bond will return in Moonraker, and he didn't return in Moonraker. He returned in like from Russia with Love or something. Yeah, we couldn't get the rights for Moonraker. Yeah, yeah. This will have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will this do? Um, <laughs> but I think you know. Y- it is difficult. It is difficult. I think the Marvel films, because they're such ridiculous money spinners, yeah. and they're so, so huge, and they are so sprawling, and you really have to keep an eye. You can't. It's fucking impressive. You, you, you can dip into them in a sense. And also, if you've seen the history of superhero films, to, to, for these things to work now, it would have been unimaginable ten years ago or twenty yeah. years ago, because every superhero film you ever saw was an absolute horseshit. It was appalling stuff. Superman, I would is an honourable exception. I think Absolutely. Superman changed everything. Superman and Superman two both great. Superman two is fantastic. And then Superman three, Superman four, Superman five, not so. Wait a minute, is Superman three the one where Robert Vaughn? Uh, That's right, yeah. It's <laughs> the villain, and it's Richard the, Pryor Richard plays. Richard Pryor uh, goes off the side of a skyscraper on skis. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about Superman, uh, evil Superman. Yeah, Pamela Stevenson's in it. Does she get the neck with Christopher Reeve? I think so. He's such a nice guy. Oh, he's the sweetheart. Um, but yes, you're right. Superhero films. I, I remember the original Fantastic Four film. Not the not the big budget ones of the mid noughties but the the Roger Corman Fantastic Four Have you movie. Seen that? I've not seen that it's, film. Uh, well, watch it. The Thing's uh, prosthetics are uh, just a series of egg boxes, I think. Um, in true Corman DIY style. You, you know what Susan calls The Thing? She doesn't remember the names. It's not Arlene Foster, is it? She calls it. She calls the thing <laughs> Boulder Man, which, oh, which is a much, much, a much better name. Hey, so Emily Sandy's looking for a lyricist. <laughs> <laughs> what was that called? Our version of popular yeah. events. No, no, hear me out. Emily <laughs> Right. So we talked briefly there, Joe. We touched upon the notion of Christopher Robinson not returning to Doctor Who, our favourite program. We did. Um, would you like to find out if Doctor Who made it into the biggest UK TV shows of the last decade? Uh, it has to have done. It was a massive phenomenon. You think I, so? I, I, think well, hang on, hold that thought. By 2010, it was coming towards the end of Tennant's tenure, wasn't it, David Tennant? Yep. Figures were probably at their highest, but I, I'm almost willing to wager that they started dropping whenever Matt Smith took over. Let's find out, shall we? As we count down the top 10 biggest shows of the last decade in the UK. That was should have been slicker. That should have been slicker. 
The top 10 biggest UK TV shows of the last decade. Shall I drop in the disposable heroes of hypocrisy as the soundtrack of this one? Television. Jog of the Nation. Do the Beatniks version. I prefer that. I haven't heard that one. Really? Actually. Check it out. It's good. Um, okay, so number 10, Britain's Got Talent, which scored in 2010 a whopping 13.5 million. So this is actually a metric of the most watched. Yeah. The, the, the one night that they had the most views. The most views, yeah. Okay. Uh, number nine, I'm a Celebrity, 13.7 million in 2018. Ah, that was the one with uh, Ian Lee in it. Oh, really? No, I met subsequently. Oh, lovely. Nice fellow. Uh, number eight, Blue Planet 2, which got 14 million in 2017. Yeah. Ian Lee was in that as well. So was Terence Stamp. No, sorry. No, Terence Trent Darby was Terence Trent. Um, number seven. Save, he was trying to save the trend. Yeah. <laughs> Figures. Uh, number seven. Strictly Come Dancing on 14.3, and that's in 2010. Brucey's Heyday. Number six. A drama series? Huh? The Bodyguard, or just Bodyguard, I don't know. Say what now? Yeah. 14.3 million viewers in 2018. The bodyguard, That's quite recent. Yeah, The Bodyguard is so recent, I haven't properly processed it as a TV programme yet. I still think it's that movie starring Kevin Costner. But I genuinely thought that's what this was. I had to look it up. Uh, number five. Uh, Coronation Street with 4.7 in 2010. Sorry, 14.7 or 4.7? 14. 14. Yeah. 2010. 2010. Quite recent again. What story then with that thing? Something to do with Carla, I suspect. Yeah, probably Carla. And Peter Barlow. She's no better than she should be. Not sure what that means, but I'll agree. It's basically me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number four, Great British Bake Off. That's uh, 15.9 in that's, 2016. That's actually staggering. Yeah. No, well, three EastEnders. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's 16.4 in 2010. An awful lot of these happening in 2010. Was that the Mitchell... Sharon melodrama or the Sharon Mitchell or the drama? Sharon Mitchell yeah. melodrama the Mitchell brothers or was it Tiffany oh it was the Tiffany Tiffany. So Tiffany was I think Tiffany was before that I quite like the way you're trying to piece these together it's funny because uh, you, you can almost trace the timelines of these things I mean obviously it wasn't the dirty den happy Christmas nice sweet Having her marching orders on Christmas no, Day. that was amazing. You said that with such conviction. I can still see it. Yeah. I can still see it. Behind the bar. Happy Christmas, oh, my sweet. <laughs> anyway, I have to it's, toss one off on a webcam. It's rotten old Baskin Dapter's <laughs> teeth rattling around there, looking like Bill Wyman. Horrifying. Uh, number two. <laughs> with a bullet. Uh-huh. Hopefully. Uh, Gavin and Stacey's special. 17.1 million people watched that in 2019. The Christmas special yeah, dog. just gone. Fuck a dog. And the most popular, most watched terrestrial. In fact, actually not even terrestrial. These are all the Doctor Who. X Factor. Fuck off. 17.7 million in 2010. Actually, actually... That one, when you were calling out the figures there, Doctor Who, even in its reboots, no, especially in its reboot, never really went to pretend 10 million as far as I can. Do you want to know where Doctor gather? Who appear on this list? In terms of what number it's at? Yeah. Uh, 30? 13. 13. Doctor Who got a, 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 a very bonny looking 12.8. For the end in, of time. In November 2013, he's guessed it. It's the 50th anniversary show, Joe. Oh, fuck. So you got a lot of Doctor for your buck there. You do, but in, in its heyday, in its seventies heyday, in the Tom Baker heyday, it, it used to regularly get 15, 16 million viewers. Three channels, mate. 
and nothing on. And ITV was like on strike every five minutes. But but they measure um, belated viewings as well, don't they? Online viewing, streamings as well. They put they clear all those figures together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That all goes in. To allow, so uh, for... I mean, probably five people watched it live. Yeah, so Doctor Who on 13 million, it's not doing so well these days. I hear it had its lowest ever viewing figure for the uh, Nikola Tesla extravaganza. Well, it wasn't a great episode. Yeah, but I think there's a general trend, John. People have stopped to watch it. <laughs> I think there's a general trend. Whether it's Brexit or, you know, Chris Chibnall, I don't know why people have stopped PC watching it. PC gone mad. I think it's PC gone mad. PC gone mad, yeah. Now, now the Doctor's a black lady. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a white lady? Yeah, and a white lady. Who? Deal with it, Gammon. Or Bradley, as we call him. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Boomer Gammon, as he's known. So Doctor Who was 13th. That's, <laughs> that's not surprising. Because essentially, it's, it's, a niche, quite surprising. it's a niche children's show. It's not a light entertainment variety programme like, like, like a lot of those other uh, with, with, you know, reality slash variety. Yeah, what's, the, what's so special about Bodyguard? Why is that in there? Uh, because it captured the nation's I mood. Thought, I thought Dr. Foster or one of those would be yeah, in there. It, uh, it also, racy uh, Sunday night dramas. It was, it was one of those, uh, what they used them. to call watercolour TV right. series where people... Do people have water coolers I've now? never had a water cooler in my life, but apparently people stand by water coolers and talk about TV sometimes. I, I don't do that. It somehow captured a zeitgeist. There's a zeitgeist being... Kind of big, breezy, mindless entertainment with a bit of tension thrown in. Do you remember when we were called the Zeitgeist? Very briefly, yeah. Mindless entertainment. We, we went for stalemates in the end because we're nothing if not understated. Yeah, yeah. So People don't seemed... understand that now. It's a dying yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so... That's, that's interesting. So, um, Doctor Who's 13th. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good show. It's respectable, sure. respectable. Yeah, very respectable. I would say that I'm surprised it was the 13th, the 50th anniversary. Um... Because I thought Tennant would have kind of bagged it for his uh, weepy, the long fucking goodbyes it should have been called. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Jackie, but there's no smell. I am very, very sorry. Well, he's in it. Yeah. I yeah. think people have responded to that. Oh, can I just... And Tom just... Baker came in at the end. Yes. So, what did I? Yeah. Did he? Or, or did he? Maybe I knew. Who could say Maybe I tried a few old faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, yeah. You, you, you made that sound like faces, and I have a horrible image in my mind now. I'm trying out a few old faces. Right, I see. I, I thought you were saying my impression was shit. Uh, Which uh, it was. It was, so it was fair comment. It wasn't your best. Yeah. Uh, it was Tom Baker's birthday last week. He was 86, so happy birthday, Tom Baker. If you're listening, Tom, yeah. sure. Which I know you are. We're big fans. Av- avid. Fans. Avid. Avid listener. Actually, it's getting tricky now with Tom because he's emailing a lot. Some of it can be quite graphic. Sorry, he is come again. He is not shy. You know, I am getting some on social media eye-watering images. Oh, from Tom! From Tom! Wow! Wow! Really work with me here, John. I'm on my own. Okay, so I'm inventing a notion that yeah. Tom Baker is, is sending he, me obscene images. Is he Snapchat? He's you not again? doing. Yeah, sure, whatever. Now it's gone. The moment's gone. <laughs> Christ! You see this. Uh... The crowd of his penis coming through the time vortex. <laughs> Tom's putting it in now. <laughs> I'll always love Tom oh, Baker for... for um, the, Punting the, on the cam. The stone That's what they him. call it. I'll always, I'll, I'll always love Tom for that moment where a woman spoke to him at a bar and said, hello, Tommy. Do I know you? Yes, we used to be married. <laughs> and you know what? We were. Yeah. I went back and checked. We definitely were married. 
Uh, Marvelous yes. fellow. We'll never know his like again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he softened the whole Doctor Who franchise. Uh, I think he was a wee bit resistant to going back to it. But he refused to be in the Five Doctors, didn't he? Yeah, and now he's doing every fucking audio, big finish audio onto the sun. Why the hell wouldn't you? Well, his voice hasn't got any older. No, that's true. But I just when I'm listening to them occasionally. Quick, Leela, run! You're you aren't running anywhere, Tom. <laughs> That, that's the tortoise taking off. Yeah, exactly. it used to be. <laughs> or Tom's having an asthma attack. Sound of Leela's knee jumps. So, John, um, I'm going to we... stab him, Doctor, with me knife. Is that all right? Oh, go blimey. Obviously, the last decade um, was was a kind of an odd one. I think on a global scale, shit got real, you know? Yeah. The neoliberal consensus kind of evaporated, you know, that old, we never had it so good delusion was quickly not. A lot of earthquakes. A lot of uh, both, uh, oil spills, a yeah. lot of uh, volcanoes. Both literal and yeah, literal. Uh, literal ones, lots <laughs> of them. Uh, you know, Chile ate itself. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I, these look like the end of days, Joe. This looks like the yeah. end of days. You see, though, you see, I think every... I would have thought you'd be all over this because you're so, you know, anti-global capitalism. Yeah, I, I'm We've also... got to break down that system. But yeah. nobody's doing it, yeah, least a, of all you. But I'm not a member of a millionaire cult. I'm Get pretty... out there on the barricades <laughs> with one tit out. What are you doing? There are literally 50 ways for us to... To, to paraphrase Paul Simon, the ways for us to fucking uh, leave our lover, the planet Earth. We're lining up so many possibilities for Armageddon. It's almost like comical. I've stopped. I've stopped caring. I used to be very worried about that sort of thing. But I also believe, John. Do you know what I believe? God. I believe every generation feels that it's end times. Every generation has that sense of things have gone too far. Something's got to give. Something terrible is about to happen. It's this fear that I think that keeps us all, you know, in place. I suppose in this uh, society that we live in, late stage capitalism is going through a few teething problems. Granted, Brexit being one of them. Yeah. Uh, the other being. Another outshoot is the, the the Avengers films. I mean, where, where does movie making go beyond that kind of... Does it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it just takes up you know, an entire building? <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean, a large building. I have to say I'm struggling to visualise that. Well, you mean, um, but, but what, where do you go what do you, movies? What do you mean? But where, we already have the IMAX, yeah, so yeah, we can already do that. The, the homogenisation of everything, be it music, as we've discussed, yeah. cinema, the cracks. No, I don't see it with cinema, and I'll tell you why. Um, cinema constantly reinvents itself and it's a much more robust art form than, than pop music yeah, to an extent. pop music I think is a, is a cultural blip yeah. I think it, 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 it no longer has any of the things yeah. that, it, that it used to well, have well they've worked out how to most effectively uh, commodify it you know, it's, it's been refined <sighs> to a very simple exchange of product for money yeah. um, that's all, all the craft and the craft in pop music was almost an accidental byproduct of the industry you know, it was like a passionate young creative people. It was a way for people from art school or people, you know, who could pick up an instrument or maybe just had a great idea, could do something. It was a very democratic way, at once anyway, of, of being creative. That's, that's gone. These days, making films is probably yeah. more you know, uh, cost-effective I, 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 than being I absolutely involved. think so. Uh, and I think there's far more scope within them anyway. I don't think there's any problem going to be with uh, making of, films. But in terms of commercial cinema, John, it's like it's 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 the it's like the the, the ninety-nine percent versus the one percent. The one percent have everything. The one percent are the big studios, Disney, Sony, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. And they churn out these massive films. Sony even has a division that dedicated to Christian movies. That's a market. They make these awful preachy right wing political Christian movies because they they're big box office in America. Which we've never heard of them. Speaking of films we've never heard of, Furious Seven. Yeah, it's not a latter day hip hop reunion. 
John. With two more added in. It's actually the seventh installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Right. Oh, well, there you go then. I have heard of it, yeah. sort of. There used to be a rule, the more sequels you made, the less box office you got. That used to be baked in there every movie franchise. These days it's not the case. You can go up to seven Fast and Furious, one of the biggest selling films of the you decade. You could literally kill the leading man on set and that's going to improve your box office. That Fantastic. actually happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. You aren't even being speculative, yeah, John. No. Why not? The Transformer movies constantly being made. Kill Shia is he still doing them? I don't think he is, but I don't care. Does he know he's not still doing them? Just, <laughs> just kid him anyway, yeah? Well, do you know who's doing them now, too? The leading protagonist role? Shawnee Smith. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. What that dude? Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah. Mark Wahlberg's really good at acting stuff. Very, very, very racist, man. Is he? Well, he was. I don't know if he is now. He's changed, though. You see. Has he? You see. The thing that about, rage is still there though isn't it Joe the thing about famous white he people he sees a Vietnamese man he's off the fucking chain well, again isn't he like <laughs> flashbacks to that yeah 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 <laughs> the thing about being famous and white is if you make a mistake in public you can go through a learning process can't you you know yeah, you yeah. can publicly say that's not my usual for a few seconds though I thought it being a, 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 an apologist for the white race but no you were leading somewhere that's, else that's not you? my job that's not your job that's is it that's not my job mate. No, maybe, no. maybe you know you'd be earning more money if it was your job yeah, maybe, maybe it would maybe, um, maybe there's some money in that for you maybe, maybe if Piers Morgan was better at apologising for the white race I wouldn't have there to there is Uncle Tom the Waz here to tell you how it's going to be Thomas the Waz also I'm Thomas selling the... rice in the supermarkets easy I'm hedging my bets aren't I yeah, that's, who's that Uncle Remus yeah. or Uncle Ben's Uncle I'll, Ben's I'll, Uncle Remus is toys bad toys do you know what literally took me a second to branch it between Uncle Remus and Uncle Ben Uncle Remus is definitely the toys yeah but there's a certain unsettling kindly old slave vibe to him isn't there you don't see Song of the South on TV anymore do you no that doesn't happen for very good reason oh, that was very racist um right so I've done everything else yeah. do you, want to, you talk about late stage capitalism Joe but for me this next <coughs> list is the reason that everything's Pretty positive that we're bouncing. Shit. Yeah. Three Ed Sheeran albums, we're bouncing back. So these are the most popular books. Remember books? Vaguely. Things people used to keep by the toilet um, to ease their passage. Through with, life. With commas and sentences. Yeah. Um, they, used to be a, they used to be a big thing yeah, back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Not, not so much now. Yeah. As you'll see from the piles of teetering shit yeah. that I'm about to talk about. Not much use for a semicolon in the toilet book. <laughs> am I right? You've <laughs> oh waited a long time to drop that I was like one. literally staggering over myself to get that <laughs> Anyway, John, top 10 books of top the... Top 10 books, number the... 10. Bubbling under at number 10. Can't get away from that sort of scatological thing, can it? Number 10, Gillian Flynn's Gone Girl. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I've just filmed now. Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's all the Ben Affleck. Seen that? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Strangles. No, dear. Number nine. That was a spoiler, wasn't it? Uh, maybe it has strangles. I don't know. Oh, does it? I haven't seen it. Number nine. The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. Okay. I think that's a film. Yeah, it is a film. Uh, number eight. The Man You Love to Hate. Uh, it's uh, Gangster Granny by Wallian. Williams. You knew he'd be on the list. One of the millions of books that he that he sends out to the world he every year. That he out. definitely writes. Yeah, yeah. He writes them all himself. Will this do invoice attached? Yeah, he's got loads of time for himself. Well. He just sits with a pen in his hand. Get me some sketching away. Yeah. Get get me some cunt. He draws a bit like Quentin Blake, would yeah, you? Do the cover. Whatever. Bring it on. <laughs> 
you know, oh, what's good now? Bus driving tram. That's fine. That's a book. Biggest reason why I hate David Williams is because he's actually Mark called David. Fireman who hates fire. Yeah. You know, oh, submarine Sam. What's that? I don't know. You work it out. He was christened David Williams. Yeah. But he wanted to be different. Yeah. He's that uninteresting. He thinks changing a, a vowel in his surname is going to make him stand a out. A, a shifting vowel. And not as yeah, irritable vowel syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Swimming the channel to escape his gay friends. Is that number four? Uh, I wish I'd written that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By Emily Sander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number seven. The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest oh, right. by yeah. Steve Glass. Not much used to him, is it? Huge books. Another film. Two mm, films, in fact. Film, yeah. Loads of films there. Um, <laughs> number six, Lean in 15 by Joe Wicks. Now we're talking. The Muscular Smiling Man. A bad, a badly needed dose of reality, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you, you take that reality, yeah. stow it, because what's coming yeah. up next is the world of fantasy, Joe. Oh. Yeah. Number five, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child by J.K. Rowling's. Cursed Child? Don't which, know that where, one. Which one's that? Is that a famous one? Harry Potter and the Irritable Bile. Oh, the, 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 the cursed. Wait, which one's the Cursed Child? Are you familiar with the... So toileting. I've got a certain scatological yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bent today. <laughs> um, number four. No, I don't know that one at all. I don't know what's in Harry, yeah, Harry Potter, Potter the Cursed Child. And there's like Miraculous Beasts and well, That's a film stream, as well, yeah. I guess. Uh, number four, Jamie's 30 Minute Meals. Back in the room. Meat and two veg there. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry too much about what that is. That's Jamie cooking some meals. Not Thixton. What's his surname again? <laughs> forgot the surname. Jamie Thixton. Jamie Thixton's cookbook. Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver, of course. That's, that's right. Sharp and sober. Um... Right, that's the appetizer there, Joe, yeah. for the big, fat, stinking dish that's about to hit the top three. Okay, number three. Number three, Fifty Shades Freed by E.L. James. I love the arrogance of her initializing of her first two depends. I think it gives us some kind of literary gravitas that is totally uh, non-existent it's in well the actual prose. I'll tell you why, because yeah. number two, Fifty Shades Darker by E.L. James. Yeah. Can you guess, Joe, who the number one author is of the last decade? Dan Brown. It's Fifty Shades of Grey by Fuck! Ian James. There was a clue in the question. I've done the two sequels. You didn't think the top book was going to be her as well? I didn't realise it was two sequels. Yeah. That's who, who, what? Uh, yeah, fine, fine. I mean... Ladies needing a wank. Yeah. That's who bought it. Three slightly, uh, you know, morally suspect... Um, Porn books, two wicks, one Harry Potter, and a Williams. Yeah. What a snapshot of a culture that really is. The only other. If you put that on a slide or yeah. in a petri dish, yeah. you'd be worried. The only other character. Fucking I coronavirus. Come and kill us all. The only other character. You deserve it. Yeah, you'd lean back to. very good. There was, a gap, good. there was a gap there, though. That's never happened before. Yeah, but you, you snapped it like an alligator with a. Oh, yeah. With the like that sequence with Roger Lion Moore walking Crocs. across to crocodiles, yeah, you know, like that classic sequence. Classic sequence. <laughs> Butterhook. Oh, <laughs> but I was going to say, John. <laughs> you couldn't say that now. Oh no, 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 no. People with hooks would be offended. Yeah, Abby Hamza would be yeah. writing in. You know, see you in court. Can't even say see you in Strasbourg anymore. That's dated. See you in Strasbourg for a nice weekend break, but that's it. Um, but I was. I, I prefer Gee Hook. I was going to say the only other character 
who I can think of with the initials AL, is AL Whistley, that sad Peter Cook. Park character. bench talking like that, yes. Yeah, so I always imagine him writing those kind of, that's filth. I think he would write, well, yeah. is it filth? I don't know, I've not read it. Apparently it's filth. Yeah. I, I haven't read it. I actually made the mistake of watching some of the movie recently. Uh, I reviewed the first one. Yeah? Yeah. How did you find it? Uh, it was just appalling. It's like I got bored of her nipples. Yeah, it was all set up. Every you, scene. You, you were just waiting for the fucking, basically. Yeah. And it took forever to get going. There wasn't any fucking either. Was it not? It was just him attaching her by some manacles to a bed in a red yeah. room and going, ugh, ugh, with his shirt off. But, so I, 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 but I, there was no actual sex, as I recall. I have a legitimate question, because he's he's not presented as a particularly uh, savoury individual in the book. He's not like this knight in shining armour. No. There's something... So who's this book for? Is it for women, bored, sexually starved women? Who is it for people who get off on S&M? Who, who, who's its core market? It's interesting what the power play is here because obviously he, he is emotionally um, unavailable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is also very good looking and very rich. And hugely generous with his, with his resources, if not his time. And also there's a trade-off into some kinky sex. So there's an awful lot of ritual and yeah. there's an awful lot of... Um, dressing up in things and having to be in certain places at certain times and having payoffs and having the sort of the riskiness of him just being spontaneous with a helicopter. Yeah, I don't think Andrea Dworkin would find this liberating. It seems like it's got, it doesn't seem like it's got I a feminist would, spine no. to it whatsoever. A.L. Wistley appears to have written a book that she knows will sell and left her politics. Well, do you, know, politics do you know the basis of these books? Do you know where it actually came from? Uh, real life? No, Twilight fan fiction. What? That's where these books started. Wow. Go on. Yeah. Twilight fan fiction. The vampire she shit. Used to, she used to write fan fiction about the characters right. involved in Twilight. Well, but so one is a very old vampire yeah. who's unemotionally available. <laughs> uh, and the other is a virginal young girl who bites her bottom lip a lot. By your, played by your woman. Yeah. yeah. And she went to try and turn these into a novel. Couldn't. Obviously it was owned by somebody else. Yeah. So she tweaked it. And made him not a vampire, but still emotionally unavailable. That's modern and very day rich. New York, he's a massive banker. And now they're into yeah. kinky sex, but that's where it came from. It's it, the biggest yeah. three books of the last decade started life as Twilight yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. That's where we are yeah. as a culture now. That's it. It's the, it's one. And of that's the, why I can't get published. It's one of the whitest, most <laughs> neoliberal. Stop saying neoliberal every five seconds. If I said every five seconds, you would know about it, mate. Um, it's literally <laughs> neoliberalism, mate. Nearly, all right, mate. No, just button down, mate. It, it, no, it literally is. That is the end product of years and years of squeezing. How do you monetize a thing? You know, Ale Whistley's worked out how to properly monetize that shit. It used to be Dan Brown. You used to have the magic code for that. I, I think he's lost his mad his mojo. I don't think he would need it. Does he? The handsome man looks stern. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, imagine being Dan Brown. Oh, like it wasn't Why would money. you do it? Look, if you've made his money, and you clearly have no interest in writing books anyway, because you but get did. all your research done by an assistant. Yeah. And I'm not saying he didn't write his books. I'm not saying that. You just did. No, I'm saying his research <laughs> was done by his yeah. assistants. Sorry, John. Research of which his there was none. Research. <laughs> um, hey, somebody had to read those books about, yeah. uh, you know... Cathars. Get me a bumper puzzle book and we'll, and we'll work from there. <laughs> yeah, someone had to leaf through those yeah. old tomes on the Priory of Sion. Those old New Zealand worlds or Sunday Express bumper Brown. puzzle books. Yeah. You can get three Dan Brown novels out of one of those. <laughs> <laughs>
But I mean, he waking up in the morning in his palatial surrounds and thinking, oh, I should write a book today. He doesn't have the drive of a Williams. But do you not think... Who's never not writing a book. He's just constantly he's there on furious. set. What are you doing under the desk? We're trying to judge this talent show, yeah. David Walliams. Oh, sorry, just a brilliant idea about a, a, a road sweeper who's also... He's restless. A rapper. Rapping road sweeper. Yeah. That'll do. That's yeah. another one. <laughs> he's always writing, always working, always creating skits, always rifting. Yeah. Public appearances. He's, he's, he's restless. He's, he's can't, he can't settle. Bin Man Bling. That's, yeah. that's something. Do something with that. Make that into a book. <laughs> I, I want to be on TV this Christmas. Yeah. The flying, um, I don't know, the playing, flying. playing a character who's slightly fey. Yeah. <laughs> the heroin dealing postman. I don't know. Was that one? <laughs> that's, that's something, yeah. <laughs> uh, why not? So, um, what, what was my train? I totally forgot what my train of thought was about those Fifty Shades of I books. I think you were saying something about late capitalism. Uh, Listiest capitalism, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know you were warming to that thing. Yeah. But it's, it's almost as good as your neoliberal stuff. Bring but, that back in. But that's what together. But what comes first these days is it's not can you write or have you got a great idea? Have you got an idea that we can sell? And it's become unashamed. Sometimes, almost by chance, that becomes literature. But more often than not, it's absolute schlock. You know? well, what I tend to find when I'm submitting manuscripts is... And you, you do submit a lot of manuscripts. Well, I submit the same one. Um, but you must have printed them many, off many one times. of them. Yeah. Nobody likes it. And with your permission, I'd like to do it again. They, uh, they ask you, first of all, what genre? You're oh, writing in exactly, so you have to be, uh, you know, yeah. in, in a little shelf there, and then they go, and how many followers do you have on uh, social on media? Social media, and I thought this was like a one-off the first time it happened. I was yeah. like, that's a bit weird, yeah. but it's all of them. They all do that now. Who are you? How 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 can you sell this book? Because we're no longer going to be able to do that for you. Yeah. You need to do the, all the work. So it's See, like you write the book and then you sell the book. And yourself. Makes, yeah. You're your own marketer. Yeah, that, it, that's it. It's as much about product placement and, and PR as it is about actual, you know, create the creative process. Yeah. But John, the next time you're but asked... then they look at my miserly 500 followers on... Uh, you say, you, you made a mistake. The next time they ask you what genre is it, how many followers, you say Twilight Slash Fiction, yeah. 500,000 followers. <sighs> Get the deal. Sure. It'll be too late. Surely those lies are easily... Uh, they aren't going to read the fucking thing, are they? They're not going to no, but they might look me up on Twitter and go, "But that's that's a, <laughs> that's a small amount of that's people." That's another John Patrick Higgins. Sure, I blocked you. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I find it startling that the number of followers you have is a, a method by which they promote your fucking book. You know, like we'll do none of the heavy lifting for you. <laughs> like, been... Who do you know who can get to write a comment on the outside of yeah. the book? who's famous so people will buy it. Yeah. And it's like, can I get Stephen Fry to write something on here? Yeah. This book will fly out of the shops, yeah. it's fine. But I can't, because I don't know Stephen Fry. I think I could, Call me Stephen. I could pull, maybe, maybe I could pull, I'm not promising anything, maybe I could, I could pull a favour with Roy Walker, if that would help. It couldn't hurt. Unpit dietable, Roy Walker. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of readers in his audience. Well, readers' big, wives. Big literary man, <laughs> He is actually a big reader. I'm sure he is a big reader. A, I'm, not, no, I'm not dissing Roy. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying... Who else can I bring the bear? I, I, I'm open to suggestions. Steve Davis, perhaps. Steve might throw a few words in. Is, is he just going to write interesting? You know, is that well, what that's it, his trademark. That's, that's what he'll do. Well, what else would you want? 
I, I, I'm just impressed by what I've just seen you do with that bottle of, of Rockshaw. Um, it was quite suggestive. Yeah, I know. All this talk of Fifty Shades of Grey has <laughs> gone to my um, head. Excuse me. I'm, uh, I'm getting yeah. the vapours. I'm just going um, to retire to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I've just hosed myself down. To read another chapter of the Paul Morley Bowie book, just to calm down. <laughs> really is. Uh, really is. It's going to help. I tell you, it's it's, it's very much You're a relaxant. Ever feeling far too aroused? <laughs> yeah. Head into the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Paul yeah. Morley Bowie book. If your chest is thumping out of your, you know, if your heart's thumping out of your yeah. chest, it's like it's like instant penis be gone. Yeah. It's not there anymore. Wow, thanks, Paul. New penis be gone plus. So um, so we've so we've covered the books, the TV programs, yeah, the movies, yeah, the albums, the singles. Now the the, the charts themselves are, are meaningless now. The pop charts, you know. I'm surprised they still have them. They, are they still continuing with the yeah. farce of the charts yeah I think so although the only time I heard about the charts recently was whenever about E Black and Tans was it the number one of the something called the iTunes download chart which is a chart unto itself I think that's seven things if you download seven times it's like in the charts number one so yeah, think, you know. yeah I don't know that, that might be lies who no, that is actually true there used to be trends these days well, who was it Johnny Burrell sold 500 copies of his solo album. Johnny Burrell of... Razorlight. Razorlight fame or infamy. He sold 500 copies of his debut album and that got it, to, I think, to number in the, into the top 20. That's all it takes these days. 500 fucking copies. That is quite... Charlemagne's not nowhere to be seen. We'll be doing wrong. Charlemagne's... That name sounds naggingly familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It shouldn't. <laughs> uh, How, no, many followers? How many followers have you got? On what? Anything? I don't even know if they're on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't set one up, so I don't know anyone else. Uh, has. I can't sell your record, then, John. No, no, no. We should probably look into that. Mm. Um, but yeah. So, is there anything good that came out of the last decade? Well, I'm just going to ask you that question, Joe, and I'm still going to ask you that. Question. Okay. Is there anything good, Joe, in your personal history? Well, like David Copperfield. Yeah. Uh, anything good come out of your life in the last decade? Apart from your ADHD uh, diagnosis. But that actually technically happened. Oh, actually, in 2019. Yeah, just, yeah, just, 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 a, just about, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll count that as a score. Go on then. That's, that's, that. that's still you a... You count that as a score? I don't know. Well, I'm, know. I'm, still, I'm still working that one out. Um, yeah. Think about the 20... I, th- I think the 20... Is it called the 2010s anyway? What's its official... 2010s, ten, yeah. Just the 2010s. They yeah. have, they have, they have quite a bit of pithy... 20-teens. Yeah, you see. If Tony Parsons was still working in the media, he would come something. up with something... Quick as a flash. Invoice attached. Yeah, doesn't hang around. <laughs> he does not. Doesn't do corrections. That's no. someone else's problem. Gets in. He's the Dan Brown. Yeah, gets in, puts put, puts words on a page. Portmanteau words. <laughs> That's what he is. The cut and shut merchant of the British Port language. Portmanteau. That's literally if Tony Parsons, <laughs> Tony Parsons is sweet, album would be Portmanteau. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of a bottle of port. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let say what you say. In sepia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emily Sandes is interested. Um, so, any good? I don't know. Um, possibly. Well, you met me. Anything good? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, nice, uh, nice. No, 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 of course. I mean, it's the people you meet along the way, I guess. I think that, that was a decade where generational tensions really came to the fore. There was, there was definitely a. What, in your a, personal life or generally? Just generally. Right. There was a delineation. Because all, all of these. I was asking mainly about you. I don't care right. about generational stuff. Well, I'll tell you. Well, I'm part of this because all, all, all the music you discussed. You discussed. <laughs> yeah. The music I actually managed to discuss. Music you discussed. 
does it disgust you? looking yeah. at me funny again. Stink uh, eye on the uh, back uh, of the uh, bus. And you're disgusted back. Ugh, those jive records. Yeah. People of our age and older became... They pulled up the drawbridge. They let the kids get on with their vapid consumerism and started... To, heritage music became a separate thing in itself. Didn't it? I mean, the industry of band reunions, classic albums, classic reissues. It's almost like Marcy was... Uh, Prescient for five seconds, but let's not talk about him anymore. Um, so uh, pressing concern. Yeah, battle lines were drawn. I think in the twenty tens, music became deeply stratified. I think that's unnecessarily competitive. Why? Why? Well, is, no, I'm, I'm why just, why I'm are they battle lines? Mere, well, striations. Well, uh, but, uh, but, people uh, doing different things. But, uh, but, uh, but almost doesn't became, mean a fight. But it became a point of pride. There's no longer any kind of cross fertilization genera- generationally. Old people are quite happy with the fact that they like. Sonic Youth and the Smiths music was better in my days. We have our bands. Some of those bands reform now and again. I'm going to the police down at the NEC. You know what I mean? Whereas, I think that's only half true. Whereas young people are quite happy to celebrate the fact that they don't get old music as well. It's become that's the way the music industry is divided and conquered. I think. Yeah. You know, it's compartmentalised. Because I'm friends with uh, Eli on uh, on Spotify. My 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 wonderful young son. Yeah, yeah. And he was listening to Randy Newman the other day. So come he's, on. He's an oddball. Come on. Yeah, see, he Eli would be what's known as uh, an aesthete and a, 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 a person of taste with an inquisitive, questing intellect. Most kids don't give a shit, you know. Mind you, Eli is also like, um, I'd love to say indie kids, but he's of that cultural subset of young people that are still interested in making music even though he doesn't make any money out of it I think there's an awful lot of those people yeah but they don't too many yeah but they don't sell music in that way they don't get into the online charts right Spotify their song goes to Spotify it takes 10,000 listens to make 5p or whatever that's true whatever the metric is or the it's it's not a great platform if you're trying to make money there's no such thing as uh, young people picking up instruments or writing lyrics and breaking big or getting gigs selling records you know what I mean it doesn't happen anymore well again that's not quite true is it it doesn't happen in that but way it doesn't there happen is, but there is for the first time I think really since the early 50s yeah. there is an approved school yeah. and you see it with every cocking busker going up and down Hill Street yeah. they all sound like Ed Sheeran yeah, but none of them are going to or the girls occasionally sound like they're like country divas or something well, that's they're, the big because thing they're well. bust in from you know yeah, well the greatest respect none of those people are going to make massive amounts of money out of music but they might make a living getting spotted it, it doesn't exist anymore mm. and also you, I'm sure you'll disagree with me pop music has become the domain either you're very lucky or very talented and somehow find a way in or you come from wealth, the proportion. I'm not going to disagree with you. I wasn't sure because I know I know you're probably you like to mitigate my more revolutionary excesses. In no, these I things. think this has become a, a trend and a problem. Well, in it, but it's like everything else. I mean, if you work in any branch of the media, you need to be rich. Well, two because words because you can't afford to do it. Two words: Joe Benedict Cumberbatch. It's kind of the acme for the way the arts has been. I think he's a bad example because he's actually very talented. That's not the point. There's loads. It's not whether he's talented or not. It's not that he's undeserving. But yeah, he's... But there's plenty of undeserving people out there who have the okay, same right. background. All right, That's okay. my point. Okay, two words. Don't Tom Hiddleston. Happy? Again. <laughs> I can't win. Ah, oh, the Dragon School. Let the call the best guys. What can yeah, I tell hey. you? Hey, you guys. Oh, not Hugh Laurie, too. Tuppence Middleton, or whatever the fuck you are. Uh, Hippity, I don't know, Thornberry. Tuppence, Tuppence Middleton. What's wrong with her? Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And it's exactly right. Yeah. 
And it never used to be that way. It used to be, there used to be um, but if you can't means afford, of access yeah. for people from other backgrounds. That's gone now. Totally gone. But it's the same in comedy. It's the same in everything. It's the same, and it's always been, I think, in, like this in, in, in book writing. Yeah. For years, it's been the same in, in comedy, both yeah. on the live set and in TV. Yeah. Particularly in TV. Yeah, yeah. Radio's sewn up. Yeah. Not so much here, but I mean, what do you have to listen to here? Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, so, it's absolutely true. There, so, is, there is no level playing field. There's not. I'm even gonna, for people like me, John. Even people of the lower middle class background. Yeah. John, I'm going to use those words again. Don't hit me. But the post-war consensus, where there was where there was a welfare system, and young people from lesser from uh, less advantaged backgrounds had access to education all of that's been ripped up by yeah the new neoliberal consensus it's destroyed those guys again I know it's destroyed Joe I'm starting to think they're the villains of the piece oh hang on a minute There's a, wait a minute I'm beginning to let, spot a recurrent thread <laughs> that's been ripped up uh, that that book of you know vague notions of equality has been absolutely ripped up and it's happened without us noticing you know it um, hasn't obviously you've noticed well you know I've noticed because we're you know we're one of the few last remaining beneficiaries of of a kind of uh, you know education that we wouldn't otherwise have got. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, I say that. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah. entirely convinced by that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Haven't you read your own interview? Yeah, Jesus, yeah. that is where I make my bloomer. Yeah, that's exactly that point. Your bloomer became yeah. evident. It's like suddenly you'd opened up your raincoat and yeah. thrust a piece of bread at me. Yeah. And I didn't even ask for it. Yeah. Do I look like your sexy no. pigeon? No, I do not. Let me oh, hang on. Let, let me answer that. No, but yeah, the arts and culture and the creative industries are have become an exclusive compound of privilege. But the people in the middle of that don't realise that, and it's not their fault necessarily. They will. They don't see, you know, that they're somehow the beneficiaries of a privilege. You know, what I mean, they'll be like, you'll have your um, Benedict Cumberbatches again. I know, very talented saying I got there through bloody hard work and eating and close, close brackets you know they, they don't get there's a disconnect from the reality yeah he did you know say I mean? that I think he retracted it later on but he did yeah I, I mean, I'm sure he's, sure he's a nice guy but there's a disconnect from those people we, we live in a society that, that's so uh, fractured that the people at the top don't even aren't even vaguely aware well, you know, the Lawrence, people like you and I, John, are struggling on the cool face. Lawrence Fox is the obvious Lola, choice there. Lola. Um, obviously, he's let himself down quite badly there. Did he let himself down, or did he actually meet his own standards? Well, yeah, he met his own standards and found that <laughs> suddenly, suddenly the, 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 the privilege dropped away from him. He was like, oh, I'm horribly exposed now. Call I thought Lola. everyone thought like this. What's All his, my friends do. What, what's his uh, name? Lols? He's called call me Lols. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm just Lol Fox. I, I don't know. He's trying to be all blokish and, and you know affable. I don't know. Um, any any time any time you've heard of me knowing him, that's not yeah. that's not happening now. Uh, Billy Piper's got bad taste in men. <laughs> What's going on with her? <coughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, she's from Swindon. She's like me. She should do better. I'll tell you what happens in the twenty tens. Billy Piper became a serious actor. Yeah. Very good. That's one thing that happened. Handsome woman. Very, very talented actor, actually. Yeah, but, also I meant that. But yeah. also very, very easy on the eye. Also, separate thing. Yeah. But, terrible, um, terrible, terrible taste of men. Terrible taste. What did she think? Jesus, terrible taste Good. of men. Look, who's next? We'll edit that bit out. Do you think Daryl Hall might die? 
And Rupert Murdoch might move in there. Daryl Hall or Jerry Hall? I think, who's Daryl Hall? It's Daryl Hall married Ooh, to Rupert Daryl Hall, Murdoch. the wife of Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hall and Oates fam, yeah. I think Daryl Hall's married yeah. to Rupert Murdoch. You ever seen uh, her Jerry Hall sing No, I think I do. I think I do mean <laughs> Jerry Hall now, you, you pointed oh, out. Oh, here she comes. It's Biddy Piper married my <laughs> husband. Daryl Hall and Rupert Murdoch. That's, do you know what? I can't think of a better way to end this they, podcast. They, they shelved that album. Dark. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Together at last, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, hang on, that's not fair. I haven't finished with. Oh, one. carry well, on. Well, actually, you know, I don't care. No, carry on, carry on. You know, I've had a very eventful I decade. Okay, you have indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you yeah, know. You, you've had your fair share of tragedy, and uh, well, that's not. Yeah. That's not dwell up, but what I'm saying is, it's been it's been eventful. It's been very eventful. Uh, I moved to. How's your cult? You have moved about. That was quite seismic. You met me. Yeah, I'm probably the most seismic. I stopped being in London. I yeah. stopped having jobs, proper yeah. jobs that a grown man would have. You kind of unfettered yourself from the shackles of uh, the man. I invented myself as a writer. Now you're desperately trying to find those shackles again, but yeah, you can't. Yeah, I've got some shackles right now. <laughs> My blisters have healed. Yeah. This isn't meant Boy, to Boy, EL, shackle us up, love. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, so the new decade finds me, Joe, yeah. staring in the face of... Don't say um, the abyss. Wonderment. Good. Phew. And it's a startling vista. Uh-huh. It's fresh, it's exciting, it's new. Brexit's happened. You're Who so... knows what's going to happen yeah. now? Could be mad. You're also extremely sober. I'm getting a very so- uh, sober vibe off you. What's that meant to be? Um, or you... like some sort of. Well, you said that with a degree of measured uh, reflection, which you wouldn't have if you'd had, if you'd had as much beer as I have just drank during our podcast. On reflection, I have not touched a measure. In a month. Measure for measure. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you Will go. you continue with this uh, boozeless odyssey? Uh, well, do you know my plan? This vodacy? <laughs> it's the opposite of that, actually. It's go on. It's like he's in the room. <laughs> um, we hit it with our friends, go yeah, teetotal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do, you not, do you not know my plan for the year? Your one-year plan? Well, it's sort of a one-year plan. Um, I have various dates along the calendar where I'm allowed to have a tipple. That's right, I do remember but you. But I'm not going to have... The few and far between. Like, just yeah, just not random boozes. Are just, you going to drink in Dublin next week? I will be drinking after I've done the show. John, kind of shocking. I'm going to I'm going to go to Dublin just to witness you drink in Dublin. Well, that's all right. It's a good. Well, you, you could witness me read, but no. Oh yeah, I'll do that as it's well. It's the drinking that yeah. you're interested in. As long as I arrive just in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To catch a drink with you just after to, your reading. Uh, <laughs> after How did it go, big man? <laughs> a sniff of the uh, barmaid's apron and oh, I'll be on the floor also happy to give you and Sue a veneer of Irish respectability down south you're a bit brown uh, yeah uh, how's that going to fly either way you're yeah. very much a game of two halves I really am I really am also how are you going to get there oh well we've worked the site I'm going by coach you're going by train uh, wow we'll see if he gets there first well, I will, because I'm starting off really early really sure. no yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get there in my own time is it the same venue yep. we, don't, we don't need to record this is it the same venue? This is can, can, People enjoy this stuff. Can you give me directions? I'll write them down here. Yeah, sure. I'll do that later after we've done the show. Is it the same um, pub that you did last time? Yeah. All right. It's okay. called the House in Annesley. It's in North Bo- uh, Dublin, and it's nice bohemian crowd. Yeah, lovely bohemian crowd. I had uh, lovely reports. Uh, a postman um, selling heroin came, came to my came <laughs> to my first reading. Yeah. And said, "You know what? That's the best thing I've seen in years." Yeah. And. He's come back every time since. Yeah, yeah. So I, he, uh, I changed the postman's life. Yeah. So he. Uh, I guess you could say, Joe. Yeah. I really delivered. Yeah. And he. Uh, 
he 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 he, he gave you some uh, first class kudos. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. he 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 likes the stamp of well, your dad. <laughs> but it was going so well. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it, it all got perforated around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's hope he's not yeah. consignated. It's a history for your next show. The pub's not called the Queen's Head, I'll tell you oh, that much. Oh, 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 oh. But that's enough stamp puns. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John, push the envelope. Oh, wee! <laughs> and on that bombshell. Yeah. Right, so we, we've sort of done a podcast. It's the weirdest podcast we've ever yeah, done. It wasn't I'm not sure, about anything. I'm not sure whether we explored or we illuminated anything for any listener. Singular, sorry, or ourselves for that matter, but it was an odd decade. It's almost so fresh. And for example, my recent ADHD diagnosis was at the tail end of a different decade, so it's too fresh to properly. We haven't, we haven't got the distance to give it the proper uh, analysis it might deserve. <laughs> it doesn't know, deserve it was 10 analysis. years ago to start, yeah. So you might want to think about it. That. Was a decade of Gordon Brown, Theresa May, Tony Blair, David Cameron, Boris Johnson. So yeah, by that rationale. Oh, yeah. Think, I don't think Tony Blair. Tony Blair was still PM in 2010. Was he? Just the... Hang on, was he? Ah, oh, fucking hell, I've hoisted by moon. I should know this. He, he left in 2007. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's all right, never mind. Yeah, crazy well, kid. we've ended on a erroneous note. As, as we, I think, probably started on an erroneous yeah. note. Um, well, you know, that was interesting. Yeah. Was it? I don't know. Possibly. I think. I think it was actually. We've reflected on a decade. I thought. I. I. I think it was an enjoyable ramble through the back pages of twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Yeah. And we didn't mention Morrissey once. He's a. He's. T- he showed his true colours. That was the decade that Morrissey showed his true colours. We forgot about. Because <laughs> you and I went to see him in twenty fifteen. Yeah, before. Yeah, well, not before because we've discussed this before. Yeah. Not before all this started happening, but we turned an eye. During. We turned yeah, yeah, a blind yeah, yeah. eye for decades to his. Fucking ludicrousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. The thing about Mars is he keeps doubling down. He's doubled down so much. He's like, it's like multiplying rabbits. <laughs> Fucking surrounded by racist rabbits. I don't really understand what he ex- expects to gain from this. Um, if, what's his end game? What's his end game? If sparks turn, turn their back on you, if they walk away, if you're shunned by sparks... <laughs> that's the wake-up call... Yeah. Everybody should respond to, you know. They wrote a song about him in this decade. Like not Morrissey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About how great he is and how witty and clever he is. No longer. And by the end of the decade, yeah. they were like, we don't understand why he's saying there these was literally things. Their entire uh, response could, could, could be uh, classified as, oh no. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. Yeah, we, oh my God. John, you put it so eloquently. If even sparks are calling you out, God. Jesus Christ. He has fallen so far yeah. that I, he'll never stop falling. Here, do you think uh, he, they no longer respond to his, to his faxes? <laughs> 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 it's this terrain of faxes from it's Morrissey again. It's Morrissey, it's Morrissey again. again. Rip it up. <laughs> Start again. God. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, forward to the Morrissey denunciation of Sparks. It's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> the battle commence. And that's what I'm looking forward to in the, new, in the new decade, John. That's the kind of guy I am. Well, you're going to go and see Sparks, John. Yes, yeah, so are you, and, I would imagine. And I, I hope they denounce him from the stage. <laughs> that would be fabulous. Fatwa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russell. 
felt like it'd be at the back of the hall shouting for um, yeah. lighten up Morrissey and see what they say. <laughs> lighten up Sparks. No, we don't play that way anymore. <laughs> he's a bad man. <laughs> um, he's a very bad man. He's a, he's very a bad terrible man. thing. That's just ream after ream. Our fucking fax room was full of Morrissey faxes. <laughs> we can't get in. <laughs> oh dear. I don't know. It was meant to be Sparks. <laughs> I, I don't know what was, was going on there. That was just the, the, the kind of the, the collective voice of Sparks. Hi there! <laughs> I'll do the talking round. That's what I'm here for. Okay, I'll get you to be a Sparks fact. I can't believe this is true because I built in my head that they're both gay. Uh, apparently, uh, Russell Bell stole Todd Rongdon's girlfriend. Yeah, Russell's a bit of a player. Wrong. Not so much. I say! Not so much. I don't know what's going on with Ron, but uh, back in the day, if you'll read that book you're trying to borrow off me, which I'm not going to lend. Oh, um, put that out publicly, you yeah, that yeah, yeah, record, yeah, yeah. you bastard. If you read about, he's always turning up at practices, Russell. Looking out of breath. With, the, with a couple of beautiful girls on, on, on each other. Oh, Russell? Yeah. yeah. What a bastard. And Ron's already there, looking at his watch. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but basically... I'm I'm the wrong here, aren't I? In, yeah. in, in stalemates, I'm wrong. Well, he, <laughs> yes, John. Yeah. So I left the uh, with bikini lovelies. They're they're winning in the hall for uh, for the, my, the podcast. My fascistic good looks. Yeah, yeah. and you're kind of <laughs> and your hatred of tardiness. <laughs> I, I, do, I have to say, I do, I do hate tardiness. You really do. You and, and you we, and you fucking love it. I don't love it. I just I'm a I'm I'm, I'm a slave to it. I'll meet you at seven. I'm at a bus stop in town at seven. I said seven-ish. Are you going to make up? Ish, it's not half an hour later. Ish could be anything. Well, it could be. Could Next be. time, just say seven then. Uh, but I said ish to, to buy me that extra time that I knew you probably need. cut this out. <laughs> well, I think this is... Right, right, this is this John, is, John, this, this is going at the top of the podcast. Yeah, this is I'm the, actually cutting and pasting this and putting this right at the front. This is the front. content they want. Um, when stalemates goes bad bickering tits <laughs> we should call the podcast bickering we are tits bickering t- well that was <laughs> that was the decade that was and we've been John Patrick Higgins and Joseph Nawaz Joseph Jarangir Nawaz Jarangir you daft English racist I, I said that properly that's yeah. what it sounds like uh, we, we, we started Jarangir. we started the 2010s as fresh faced zeitgeist and we've ended the decade as stalemates and that's a wrap. <laughs> like the corners of my mind. Misty water color memories of the way we were. Scattered pictures. Smiles we left behind